Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. Now, Jamie Dupree with the latest breaking news from our nation's capital. All right, he's the most connected man in Washington, D.C., and we have him right here. How are you, sir? All right, Sean, how about yourself? Let's start before we get to the politics section. I want to get to the Hillary Intelligence Community Inspector General Charles McCullough and his findings of a review by intelligence agencies that found several dozen additional classified emails in Hillary's special secret server that was in the bathroom of a mom-and-pop shop that indicates a level of classification beyond top secret. Now, these would all be felonies. Each count would be an individual felony. As we've said a number of times before, if uh, the FBI has got the goods on something like that, this could prove to be a uh, very bad scenario for Hillary Clinton, obviously, in a legal sense. I'm not talking about a political sense. Uh, You know, we'll have to wait and see. What we've seen so far are just uh, leaks. I'm interested to think, is the is the ICIG, is he going to put out anything? Is he going to send anything to the Department of Justice? Or is this just going to sort of bubble on the sidelines and, you know, on the back burner for a while at this point in time? But, you know, I was talking with some of my uh, reporter friends about it today, and we're all looking at the calendar and saying, well, wait a second, let's see. Not this Friday, but next Friday, the 29th of January, that's when the last batch of Hillary Clinton emails will be released by the State Department. So going into the final weekend of, uh, of Iowa, right before the Iowa caucus, you'll have a new batch, and that'll advance that story and push it out even more. And, you know, I mean, we don't know what's in them, but if it's anything like the other ones, Sean, there will be additional ones that will raise questions about now, whether or not there was classified material Here's on the there. thing. I mean, the Obama administration now is trying to strip poor General Petraeus of one of his stars. Yeah, and uh, D- Donald Trump's been uh, talking about that on the stump. Uh, I heard him talking about it today in his event at uh, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa. So that's become not only an issue regards to Hillary Clinton, but a political talking point for Trump as well. Boy, the New York Times is going after her, too. you got a young feminist uh, actually saying that about Hillary Clinton, it's starting to look like she's a craven opportunist and an apologist for a predator. Listen, uh, eight years ago right now, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win. And it didn't happen. I'm not saying the same thing as repeating itself, but to me, it's it, in many ways, there are parallels to what was going on eight years ago when she was the overwhelming favorite and it wasn't supposed to go the wrong way. Uh, uh, you know, Iowa, even if she wins in Iowa and loses in New Hampshire, still, that's that's tough for her. But obviously what I've said, and I agree with all along, is that if the FBI wants to get involved, it becomes a whole different ball game. Yeah, boy, it's getting really interesting. You know, um, we talked about this yesterday. Both you and I, not our first rodeo. We view this as very predictable, the intensity of the campaigns, 12 days out of the Iowa caucuses. The greatest amount of intensity is between Trump and Cruz. And it's still not that bad. Well, it's, yeah, you're, you're right. And I think what's it's the, not. I the, mean, it's friends going against friends within the Republican Party. It doesn't but again, seem like it, though. I mean, if you're in the Trump camp, below the belt yet. Well, nasty and comparing uh, Cruz to Hillary Clinton is about as low as you can go, yeah. right? You know, I uh, the way I look at it is since uh, Cruz definitely got a little bump out of the debate last week in, in uh, South Carolina, uh, you know, taking on Trump, I think through the weekend he had a little edge there. But uh, the PR surge, I think, was back yesterday with the Palin endorsement for Trump, not necessarily the issue of Palin endorsing him. I don't think that she brings like some gigantic block of voters, but just the PR buzz surrounding it is such a classic sort of Donald Trump thing. And he held on to that again today. You just feel the excitement in today's events that he did. And it's not that Cruz is is losing right now or anything, but it, it just seems like Trump maybe wins the news cycle for another day. 
And also what's interesting is is looking deeply in some of these polls, and I saw two examples of it today, shows again how difficult it might be to actually stop Donald Trump from getting the GOP nomination because Trump is has support that is so evenly distributed across all stripes of the Republican Party. There was a new national poll out from Monmouth today that said 35 percent of those who call themselves very conservative support Trump. 36 percent of those who say they are somewhat conservative support Trump. 36 percent of those who say they're moderate support Trump. That's almost the same level right across the Republican Party. So Trump is the only other candidate who's like that is Rubio. His levels are much lower, but he also gets people evenly across the entire spectrum, whereas you have others like Cruz, who's tilted much more to the very conservative side, or others like you know Jeb Bush and maybe Kasich, who are tilted much more to the moderate side. Mm-hmm. So how ironic is it that if we would have gone to the Republican Party leadership a couple months ago and said, hey, hey, look, uh, we've devised this candidate. He's going to get huge numbers of moderates and conservatives and very conservative, you know, all across. Okay, well, who is it? It's Donald Trump. You would have said, no way. It could never be like, but we're seeing these these numbers uh, repeatedly in polls. There was a poll out today in North Carolina that shows Trump with a big edge over Cruz uh, in, in the poll. But then in terms of very conservative voters, Trump beats Cruz by a few. Then he beats him by a ton in the middle and then by a ton over on the, the left side of the Republican Party. So Trump is able to draw from all areas and all stripes of the GOP in a way that others may not be right now. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of this poll, this WMUR uh, CNN poll that has Bernie Sanders up in New Hampshire by 27 percent of the vote? You know, again, this is the hard thing to know. Is this it's like the Kasich finding in that poll uh, yesterday, I think it was in New Hampshire. You know, is this is this an outlier? Um, Is this where we're going? Sanders has never been at these numbers. If you go back and look at the last 15 polls or so, he's he was up by 21 in a Gravis poll in November. So, okay, he's been up that high, but this would be the biggest lead of all. There was another poll earlier, earlier this week that had him only ahead by six. So is it halfway in between? I think what we have to look at is the trend here. The last five big polls out of New Hampshire have all had Sanders in the lead. So I think we should figure that he has the edge there. But by 27, hey, if we get some more data that looks like that, that would be a blowout. And that certainly would be a big setback for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, my God. I mean, even if it's half that, I mean, yeah. it's still it's still unbelievable. So there's got to the, be some truth to this. There's got to be the something trends here. that we keep seeing for the Republicans, not only nationally, but in sort of most of the states other than New Hampshire continues to be. And there were more examples mm-hmm. of this today. Trump in first, Cruz second with Rubio in third. We are not seeing outside of New Hampshire any evidence of anyone bubbling up like a Jeb Bush or Chris Christie or a John Kasich. None of them coming up. It doesn't up. mean it can happen, but as no. time goes on, it gets more unlikely every day. Again, they're all, they're really their only opportunity is New Hampshire. And that's why I, I talked about it earlier this week. It's that momentum thing. If, say, a Kasich were to get up into second, then he would bump up, I think, in states after that. But I think it would be very, very difficult if uh, if if none of those people are able to really make a good showing in New Hampshire. How do you create that momentum downstream when you've already got sort of Trump and Cruz anchored one, two? Yeah, it's very difficult. You know, one of the things I decided to do, and I think we've done a pretty good job of this. I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back, but I, I said at the beginning of this process, I wanted to allow this audience to have as much access to the candidates as possible. And. We got most of the first interviews of the candidates when they announced. We had a lot of interviews at CPAC. 
uh, last year. We'll be back at CPAC again this year. Um, so, you know, with all this Trump Cruz stuff going on, I decided to kind of begin the process of closing arguments for both of them. And I'm giving Cruz the first two segments on TV tonight and Trump the first two segments on TV tomorrow night to kind of make their cases. What do you think? Uh, why not? Did you see Bob Dole today? Yes, I did. Bob Dole came out and said Trump would be a better pick than Cruz for the GOP nomination. And, you know, I think we're going to see more of that from sort of the party. Well, you could call it the elite or the establishment. Well, well actually, Ted Cruz is saying this, that the establishment seems to now be calling, coalescing around Trump. I, I, I frankly think the establishment hates both of them. Um you know, I think maybe that they, they just maybe they just it. hate Cruz more. I don't know. You know, I I, I definitely would yep. agree with that. I think there's there's absolutely no love lost in this place for Ted Cruz. Here was a really interesting thing. I found this deep in a poll from the Des Moines Register that came out uh, last week, and it it asked this question, and it said, "Who do you think between Trump and Cruz?" would be the one who would shake things up in government the most. Mind you, this was a poll mm -hmm. that showed Cruz ahead of Trump in Iowa by 25 to 22. So it's a positive poll for Cruz in Iowa last week. So the question was, between Trump and Cruz, which one do you think would be more disruptive to the way government works? Okay? Mm -hmm. That's in the wheelhouse of Cruz, right? I mean, that's what he's all about. No, the answer was 71% for Trump and only 14% for Cruz. That was in Iowa. And, you know, I just I look at that and I and I sense that if the if the establishment or the party elite look at this and think, well, you know, if it's only going to be between those two, who do we jump on board with? I would think that you would see people quietly sort of deciding to themselves, maybe Trump is the better one that they could try to work with in the long term rather than Cruz. But look, it, it brings up all sorts of divides within the party as to who would be better. The issue that Cruz has raised and that others have raised is Trump a real conservative and more. So a lot still to play out on this. But the numbers are truly fascinating inside some of these polls. Yeah, I, they really are. But, you know, as you were saying at the beginning of this week, hey, you know what? We'll know by uh, in 12 days. <laughs> That's what I hate. We're doing all this talking and, and, and then the voters will really throw us a curveball and we'll go from there. That's very possible. One thing real quick, Sean. Yep. Cruz, Rubio and Rand Paul were all back here for a vote today for a little while in the Senate. Uh, the Senate uh, ran aground on this Republican bill that had already been approved by the House that would force these extra checks, remember, for Syrian and Iraqi refugees. It was approved by the House uh, back in December before the end of the month. Bernie Sanders, I was told was in Vermont today and missed the vote, so he was not here. So the Democrats filibustered this bill. They wouldn't allow it to come up to even start debate. They had floated the idea. They they said, okay, we'll, we'll let the bill come up for a debate. But the Democrats said, Harry Reid said repeatedly, we want to have some votes on things we want to vote on, like gun controls, background checks. Also, they want to force a vote on uh, the Muslim ban proposal by Donald Trump. So that's going to be one of the objectives of Democrats in the Senate this year is to use their ability to force votes on things that they feel like would either be a embarrassing to the Republicans or be just to try to put them on the record about certain things. Harry Reid, uh, after the Democratic Party lunch today, came out to talk to reporters. I swear, Sean, the words Donald Trump flew out of his mouth about five times within the first minute. Oh, it's getting so unbelievable. You see all these with the stock market and it's been in decline now for, you know, most of the entire year so far. Um, and we now may be getting to the point where 
where those on Wall Street and elsewhere believe that this is a bear market and then there's predictions that we could be heading into a recession. Uh, and a lot of people are looking at this oil deal. The Iranians now are flooding the market. You know, in other words, the plunging prices in oil at a time when now Iran is bringing more supply, which is going to reduce prices even further. And, you know, in USA Today, there was one Wall Street pro saying as oil goes, so does the stock market. And they think it's going to go lower. Well, I, I always say about us and about the voters, and this is not meant as, as a uh, anything negative. It's just, the, it's just the truth. We have a very short attention span. A few weeks ago, it was all about terrorism, all about national security. Uh, if we have another terrorist attack, it'll be on that. But if we don't, and that sort of fades a little, economic issues are still there. I saw a poll today that said national security was number one for voters in New Hampshire, followed closely by jobs and economic security. So I would think if that turns, that could still turn out to be a very big issue uh, for the voters, not only in the primaries, but also in November. Yeah. All right. Any other news that we're missing out of Washington? I know they had the Syrian refugee uh, issue coming up in the Senate today. Yeah, that's what I talked about a minute ago. That uh, was filibustered by the Democrats. So as of right now, that bill going nowhere in the U.S. Senate. I figure everybody's going to get out of Dodge tomorrow to uh, uh, avoid the big snowstorm headed this way, supposedly. How do, how later do they? This how week. do they get out of town so often? How does people get so much vacation? I don't understand. Uh, well, that. they don't call it vacation. They just call it their district work period. But, and then uh, what do yes. they do with their district work period? The average uh, congressman and senator, they're, that means they're out playing golf, and <laughs> well, smoking uh, cigars, maybe not in this weather for everybody, but and drinking some, brandy sure or something, you know, or brandy or, maybe. You know, maybe know. they're going on a government junket that we, the taxpayers, are paying. <laughs> Listen, for. we have had a number of uh, of codels, as they call them, congressional delegations traveling overseas. Yes, but you see the CBO warning that Social Security set to go bust in. 30 13 years. Uh, not only that, but warning, as we have known, that the deficit is headed back up for a variety of so reasons. Shocking. And the, the bad deal they made in December? Partly that, but partly also the agreement to extend on a permanent basis some of those tax breaks, which then pulls money out of the Treasury as well. Yeah. All right, Jamie Dupree, most connected man in Washington. See you, Sean. We appreciate it.